Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fisted ahead and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So how goes it, Seabass? I'm good. Um, you know, right in the middle of a busy season still with a uh, busy week with uh, three games on the docket. So uh, it's, it's a good week. So uh, how you doing? I'm doing all right. The, uh, the wife and I went to Sweden for lunch. So that's something I can say now. <laughs> you know, it, it was a kind of a dark day here in Denmark, and apparently it's only going to keep getting darker for the next two months. So whew, this going to be it gets dark at like three o'clock now, and uh, by five it's just you, you think it's ten o'clock at night on the East Coast. So something we're going to have to get used to. Um, but yeah, we went to Sweden for lunch uh, over there to Malmo, and they've got kind of this cool little uh, converted factory thing that has a bunch of different uh, market style restaurants and it was really 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 good and yeah i came home then I actually watched your carlton plays canadians game i wrapped up the mallards game from this weekend and moved on to your saturday night game and i will say at one point in the second period i went oh cool they scored and then oh look they scored again and then oh look they scored again and i i did that in sequence of less than about like i swear a minute and a half <laughs> So uh, how'd the game go for you guys? Um, it was it was interesting. We uh, were playing them, and uh, early in the first, you noticed that they were actually trying to trap us. So for us, I mean, it, I'm not really giving any away secrets. I think if you're playing a trap team, you use your speed and you make them make decisions, and that's what we tried to do. And you know, some of our players had never really played against a trap before, so they were kind of confused. And we had a certain way we wanted to attack it, and I think we did a decent job of attacking it. But we just had one shift where uh, Ryan Robichaux, who was one of our rookies, scored his first two goals, his first two junior career goals, back to back. You know, the boys were pretty fired up, and that's kind of how the you know the game went after that. I mean, we just had the, those those quick goals and kind of gave us the lead and their goalie played really well and uh, made some big saves for them when it was time for, you know, for big saves. And um, our power play once again let us down. And I don't think that's a, that's not a surprise either. If anyone looks at the standings, uh, you know, I can proudly say, and I'm, I'm very proud of my guys that we're sitting in first right now, but our power play nowhere near where it needs to be for a first place team. So, uh, you know, we went, I think we went over six on the power play. They gave us tons of chances. Uh, there was, uh, I could say about a million penalties for both teams. Um, I think both sets of coaching yeah. staff were a little frustrated by some of the calls and some of the non-calls. So yeah. um, I think we, we, at one point I looked over at the bench and one of their coaches looked at me and threw his hands up and I did the same thing. We kind of just chuckled to each other. And I mean, we're not shooting anything off at the ref. It's just funny that like both teams, you know, usually at one team it's frustrated. They feel like the game's not going their way. You look across the bench and the other team feeling the same way. You're kind of like, okay, we're not, in the, we're, we're in the same boat. We're not in this alone. So, um, it was a good game. You know, guys battled hard, and um, you know we're back at it on Thursday for a Remembrance Day game in, in Whitewater, and uh, home and home with Athens again on uh, Saturday and Sunday. So, uh, pretty quick turnaround for our guys. Uh, so it should be fun. It looks like the the game went really well there. Yeah, there was a lot of calls. I think you all opened up the scoring, and then they uh, they tied it up before the end of the first. And then yeah, it was just a sequence of like it, it couldn't have been 90 seconds between the three goals you guys scored in the second. And then the third went scoreless. But uh, what y'all had, Pundit and Net, and the, he didn't face a lot of shots, but he was solid when he needed to be. And I think for Renfrew, was, uh, what was it, Trevor Johnston was a Net? 
Uh, yeah, I, I believe it was, it was Johnson. I, I unfortunately don't know his first name, but uh, Johnson's played us uh, actually all three times we played against him. He's been solid. He, he makes he makes some timely saves for the guys. He's a uh, he's a guy who's not afraid to come out and move the puck, and that definitely helps their D, especially when they're on a power play where he you know comes out and kind of gets the rush going for them. So we we're just kind of lucky enough where um, you know we scored th- those quick goals and. Um, you know, for me, I, I don't know. For, for me as a defenseman, like I kind of knew if my goalie had a couple quick goals, I'm just gonna leave him alone. Like he's just gonna, you know, recollect his thoughts. But his players were really kind of, like they were really talking to him, really going at him, like not going at him, but like really kind of having conversations with him. If I'm a different coach, I'm like just give him his time, let him breathe. Like it, yeah. You know, it, it could happen at any point in the game, or any. It doesn't matter what team it is, doesn't matter what league it is, where you know teams score, you know, two, three goals, bang, 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 and it happens. And it's just, you know, sometimes puck luck, sometimes it's just, you know that line's very hot and for us that's what happened that line was just hot and they were just driving the net properly and just picking up rebounds and um i thought he played a great game and he still made a ton of saves and uh it, it was honestly it, it was a fun game to be a part of and it was that shift was just that, that was probably the best hockey shift i've seen from a line in a long time no i mean they did they did their job and uh like he did his job at least uh in terms of me talking about the the goalie for renfrew uh johnson like in a couple minutes left in the game it was a pretty big collapse in defense around the neutral zone and you guys broke in on a two-on-one again and he just came out there and just stood strong and super impressed with his play and I can say as a goalie I know what you're saying right there like if your teammates are talking to you too much like I've had a bunch of games where you know a couple goals or just one or two bad goals just get past me and I hate when my teammates are like hey man just calm down take it I'm like no don't talk to me I know I screwed up shut up Just shut yeah, up and let me do this. Me you know, I, I got it. Yeah, I, I realize now that I was way off my way off my post. I'm good. Shut up. I, I'm aware of what my mistake was. Maybe you should, you know, throw your stick in front of the puck when it's coming towards the net. Maybe maybe think about that next time, buddy. You know? <laughs> because now I'm angry. And I, block it. Yeah. When I'm angry in a game, I'm actually more focused. But when I'm angry at my own team, I'm screwed. I'm I, when yeah, I get frustrated with my own team, that's a problem. And I don't think this guy was really frustrated with his own team. It was just kind of, you can tell, you know, when after the goal, they go and talk to him. And then after the goal, they go and talk to him. And maybe maybe he's the kind of goalie who wants that, you know, have a quick chat, whatever, yeah. and reset. But for me, like, I, I know, like, when I played, like, I've, you know, I didn't have very many goalies that were like, yeah, come have a conversation with me after I let a goal. And, you know, walk by, <laughs> tap the pad, say, here we go. Good or bad goal, it doesn't matter. I mean, a goal is a goal. Like, I always tell the guys, they don't draw how it went in. Like, you know, you don't look at your save percentage and it says you have you know, you've made 34 saves and you let, you know, two in, right? They don't draw those goals. They're just goals. It doesn't matter if you turn around and threw it in your own net. It's a goal. It goes to a player yep. on the opposite team. A goal is a goal. I mean, unless it's, you know, a highlight and it goes somewhere, you, that's it. it. It's dead with. So, I don't know. To me, I was just, I, I, I thought he played he played an excellent game. And, and, you know, I didn't see any frustration. I didn't see his game change. I don't think either of the goals were his fault. If I can remember correctly, obviously on the bench, you're always coaching and you're not really always paying attention to exactly what's going on. But it, the first one I'm pretty sure was the the rebound goal. And it, it was a big rebound. But the thing is, is, you know, the shot gets taken. It, it's a rebound. And all his defensemen kind of seem to be looking at him or kind of not really going to the puck. And, you know, Roby just fires it in the open net and a great goal. And the second goal, our captain, Sean Allen, just made a strong move to the center of the ice and, you know, protected the puck, put it on net. And Roby got... Again, another rebound there. So, you know, he, he made the first saves on both those goals. So I thought he played an excellent game. And, he, and even the game, I mean, I, I think we the one game we, we beat them, I think it was like 8-2 or I think, I think that was the last score. Even then, he was in Nets, and he still played an excellent game. 
Like he, he had made a couple of mistakes where he had given up the puck and we scored on it. But again, they don't draw how the puck goes in. That's a goal is a goal, whatever it is. For, I'm not sure how whole, how old he is, but I mean, to me, they, they've got two really good goalies on that team, and you know, I, I hope to see them turn it around. I mean, talking about goaltending, we move into like uh, you know, I watched a lot of games over the weekend, and. It seems like it doesn't matter if you're facing a ton of shots and you're letting in more goals because of that. I believe I was watching the NOCO game from this weekend, and Brendan Price, the uh, our, our friend here, Brendan Price, um, as he's been on the podcast before, he's the broadcaster for the NOCO Eagles there out of Greeley, Colorado. And he had mentioned that I think it was between Lantuk with Pueblo – Another goalie, I think, with the Dells Ducks and Patrick Colburn at the Provo Riverblades have faced the most shots of any goalie in the USPHL. And there's like 70 teams in the USPHL. Two out of those three teams are Mountain Division teams. So Lantuk for Pueblo and Colburn for Provo are really, really putting on some shows, which is when I look at my highlight list, I see their names pop up over it has to be at least eight times now and we're early into the season and Lantuk and Coburn just keep popping up on my highlight reel list because they're just making some dumb dumb saves and just because you're losing games doesn't mean your goalie's not doing their job you know what I mean yeah, exactly. It doesn't really matter about your record. I mean, it's just how you're playing as a team. And obviously, people say, oh, it doesn't matter your record come playoff time and all that. But, you know, we're, what, 12, 13 games into a 42-game season. There's still lots of time for any team to turn it around. And that's what I always tell my guys. Like, it, it's a long season. So, you know, if things are going well, let's continue doing things going well. If they're not, well, you know, we have time. You know, we have practice and film and all that. And we can adjust. And, you know, and again, like I was saying, like, for our team, like, we're not perfect at all. Like, we... You know, we we've lost a lot. Well, the only games we've lost have been one goal games. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a defensive slip up or maybe, you know, I found our team was kind of maybe getting a little frustrated or, you know, our power play, which, you know, we're working on and try to resolve. So it's kind of every team at this point has, you know, they found what maybe their, you know, quote unquote Achilles heel is or what they want to work on the most. So and that's why I like about a long season is you get to adapt and who knows, maybe our power play becomes and starts rolling at, you know, 30, 40 percent, which would be awesome. And then our penalty kill, which has been pretty good, starts sucking. And now we got to, you know, shift to what we're looking at. And that's what coaching is all about. It's all about finding the holes in your game and, and trying to fix those holes. And obviously while you fix those holes, something else slips up and creates a new hole. And that's what coaching is all about. It's just kind of trying to find that fine balance. If you have the right coach that can adjust the, you know, due to injuries or, oh man, anything you guys can face during the season, that's critical. And as I was saying, we were we mentioned Brendan Price with the Noco Eagles there. And man, it's always fun to listen to him do a broadcast you know i'd laugh at least once or twice with some of the comments he throws out there we now have our new co-host michelle wells there down with pueblo and she's part of the bulls ice podcast and uh, i know she's probably gonna be pretty excited to hear lantuk dropped in here again but the kid's always playing out of his mind then you got provo down south there in utah and you know with patrick colburn and i mean that team uh it's it's not having the greatest season but he's having you know He's making at least some highlight reel saves at the moment, and, and hopefully we can connect with the with Provo Riverblade soon, as it looks like that could be an option. And uh, yeah, and then you got the Utah Outliers, and we faced off against them. They they may even know why I've maybe delayed my comment there. But uh, we faced off against them this weekend, the Ogden Mustangs, and uh, Utah played just 
two amazing great honestly utah and ogden played amazing they were some really entertaining games kind of like noko's games last week these games between utah and ogden were just fantastic really tight really tight contest very competitive got heated that second game you know i was watching the games from last week where noko was playing utah and i tell you man when we do the november highlights episode we're gonna have to talk about garrett alderman because I was just taken back by some of these unreal saves this North Carolina kid pulled off last week against NOCO. And I'm so excited to, to already talk about the um, the highlights for, for November. But yeah, I mean, really great to watch these games and talk about your, your Carlton Place Canadians and as well as the EOJHL for anyone that listened, because Carlton Place Canadians play there in the EOJHL. We just had a interview with the EOJHL's commissioner, Mark Frosch. And if you haven't given that one a listen yet, go back and give that one a listen. It was a really awesome conversation with Mark. You know, we talk about kind of his hockey life and, and what led him to be the commissioner of the EOJHL this year. And we talk a lot about breakfast. So if you like breakfast talk, you'll definitely enjoy that episode. And our empire plays in that league as well. And hopefully we'll bring it on Matt Couvret at some point here. Again, just everyone who's been on this podcast is basically just like an extended family member. So we're hoping to bring back a lot of people and, you know, not so much do interviews. They've already been interviewed. Just talk hockey with them because that's what we do on this podcast, man. And, you know, whether that's Brian Erickson over there in the Northeast Generals or Tristan Jensen there with the Rum River Mallards, Stefan Bell there with the Ogden Mustangs. We're, we're excited to bring these uh, these gentlemen back on and, and talk hockey with them. Well, and you, you forgot a VIP, though, the Montreal Canadian superfan VIP. Oh, that guy, Steve? Yeah, that guy. I don't even know where he's at. No, we'll be bringing Steve back on. And I think Steve, I'm going to bring Steve back on for uh, the, our conversation with Matt because, you know, we've done a couple episodes between Steve and Matt and I. And I think that'll be a fun one to kind of revisit and talk. But OK, we can't not talk about the NHL real briefly before we jump into the PHF without talking about the Jack Eichel trade. What are your thoughts? You know what? To me, if Jack Eichel gets the surgery and goes back to being an elite player, which he was, and, you know, surround himself with even better players now. I think Vegas finally has the number one center, and they're willing to make that trade for it. I'm okay with that. I think, you know, what they gave up was a lot, but I'm okay with that. However, there's not a 100% guaranteed chance that Jack Eichel has a surgery and is able to play at a high-level hockey ever again. So it's kind of like, you're really going for it, but if I'm Vegas, I mean... If you can get a, a healthy Jack Eichel for what you traded and he becomes, you know, your number one center and, you know, on a team that's already great as it is, I'd do it. Yeah, and I mean, it's Vegas. If you're, if, if any team's going to gamble, who else but the Golden Knights, right? Exactly. And it's and that could be a that could be an amazing payout for them. You know, having watched Jack Eichel, pretty big gamble there, but uh, a super talented player. And I think that him and Buffalo just weren't able to come to an agreement on that surgery. I understand both sides. It doesn't mean I agree with the stance of the Buffalo Sabres in that position. But also, I think both sides could have done things a little bit differently to pull off that situation a little bit better. But uh, that's a whole different podcast. And uh, I'm happy that he's going to go to the Golden Knights. You know, I'd say a, a casual fan of the Golden Knights. I won't say I'm as passionate as I am about the Sabres and the Capitals for him, but I 
I enjoy watching them more than any other team in the West. So I would say a casual fan. So I'm, I'm excited to see him on the Golden Knights, and I'm, I'm hoping that he gets a surgery and he's able to recover from it and go to full power. And if he does, then <laughs> watch out for the Golden Knights because you're looking at their top six with Eichel in there, and that's just a scary top six. They've always been searching for that number one center, I feel like, and I feel like this finally does it for them. So you said it's a scary team to face. Yeah, and I think Buffalo got an amazing return considering the the risk with Jack Eichel. And you got Krebs. He's going to be an amazing player. And I think right now he's been sent to Rochester. Super excited to get Alex Tuck, a local New York kid there as well. Grew up as a Sabres fan. Really been pushing that a lot on their social media. And I'm thrilled. I didn't know, truthfully, I didn't know he's from Syracuse. I, I've loved him on, on the Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm, I'm thrilled to have him as a Sabre. And then our returns on picks, well... I'm already excited for the draft next year because I still know we're not making the cup, but we're already have three first round picks in next year's draft. So I'm excited to see this team's uh, 15th attempt at a rebuild in, in 10 years. So, but yeah, now we were really excited to see the PHF return this past weekend for anyone that didn't catch it. They returned to action on uh Friday, November 5th. And, me and you decided to actually put in our draft picks like we did last year and and draft our fantasy teams through the uh, Mike Murphy there at the Ice Garden did an awesome draft last year for the at that point NWHL now renamed Premier Hockey Federation or PHF. Uh, so if you're getting confused or we might even screw up and say NWHL at this point, but the National Women's Hockey League has been rebranded as the Premier Hockey Federation. I think that was long overdue and excited about the rebranding and Mike Murphy. Ice Garden created a fantasy draft last year for people to do a fantasy league. And you and I were involved with that. And I finished, I think, 20th. And you finished like what? What did you finish? You you were higher than me. Yeah, I think it was was top 10 I ended up finishing. So, but. Um, yeah, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> I, I, I finished top 20. Uh, by top 20, I mean 20th, I think. Um, but yeah, you and I are in it again this year. And we're going to do our NWHL draft episode. So this will be our second. See, there it is. I already said NWHL. We're going to do our second annual PHF draft episode here. And I'm excited because I saw the action this weekend. I think it's going to be an amazing season. And I'm excited to have the listeners hear our teams. And if any of the listeners out there submitted your PHF fantasy team, reach out to us. Let, it, let us know who you are. And you know we'll make sure we track you along with our own here during the uh, PHF season. So I say let's start with goaltending because goaltenders are the best. So, you know, let the listeners know who you picked as your uh, your two goalies for this season. Yeah, so for me, for goalies, I kept one, um, and that was Carly Jackson. I think she played great when I, I, you know, she was a big part of my team last year. So when Carly Jackson out of Buffalo, that cost me, you know, so as, as everyone kind of knows, we got a thousand tick bucks. So that one cost me $90, we'll say. And then I went with Sonia Shelley out of Metropolitan. Um, this one cost me 85 but to me, I think goaltending last year was a big one for me. I know Buffalo kind of got shell-shocked here and there, but Carly Jackson was making a stupid amount of saves, and the points are just adding up. So I had to kind of go to two goalies that have been around and I think you know will continue playing elite hockey. No, those are two awesome picks there. I guess my strategy this year, which I let you guys know after you made your picks, but my strategy this year was to stick with my players from last year as long as they were still playing. I thought they did great, and I I mean, when I researched each player, I, I developed the confidence in them to pick them, and I'm sticking with my team from last year. So I'll announce 
Originals versus newbies on the Pigeonhole Hockey Podcast, soon to be 21-22 PHF champions team here. So I will say I stuck with my same two goalies since they're both still playing. And I started with uh, Amanda Levi there out of Minnesota. She's a 27-year-old out of Kingston, Ontario. She played in the PWHL before committing to the University of Minnesota. She then signed with my Buttes in the second season of the NWHL's existence and was with us for two years before signing with the Whitecaps for the 18-19 season. She's the all-time wins leader in the PHF and, dare I say, the GOAT. Yeah, and then uh, my second goalie, I went with Elaine Chuli. You know, she was with Toronto during their inaugural season last year. She's sticking with them. She's a 27-year-old out of Waterford, Ontario. She also played in the PWHL and then internationally before committing to UConn. She played in China for the, I think it's the Vancouver's in 17-18. And then the Toronto Furies and the now defunct CWHL in 2018 and 2019. She was part of the PWHPA before signing with the Six in their inaugural season. So I'm sticking with my goalies, man, Levi and Chuli. I, uh, I love them. Yeah, and for me, I just this year, and I got, you'll see as well. I mean, what I did this year, and we're going into defense here. So what I did is I actually only kept one defense. Oh. Some of the reason is some of the players were have moved on or not playing this year, whatever it is. But for me, last year I went high caliber offense, and I just kind of I don't want to say lower caliber, but like you know the way that they assign the tick bucks, I I saved some money on D so I could afford forwards this year. This year what I did is I went and I picked up the same three forwards I had last year that were high end and just added some more into defense. So if I'm going defense starting, what I did is I went from Buffalo and Samantha Fiesler and that cost me $65. And then I went with Ali Aldenwich out of the Metropolitan, which cost me another $65. And then out of Connecticut, I went with Terry Howran, which then cost me, this is where I kind of started spending all my defense and it, it, that cost me 85 to take bucks. And then I went with my, you know, the pick I made last year on defense, which is, you know, local uh, Lindsay Eastwood out of Tr- or playing for Toronto. And that cost me another 85 tick bucks. Last year, my defense actually got me a ton of points. And I think that's kind of where my goaltending defense really helped me. Uh, so I'm hoping this year it's the same thing where, you know, I, I feel like I've built on some players that have already played in the league and a couple players, you know, who are younger in the league. So I'm hoping that. You know, that that kind of helps me push my team up to the top this year. It's interesting to hear your strategy and what you wanted to do last year compared to this year. And I, I like I said, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with my team and I'm, I'm, I'm expecting them to still do great things this year and prove me right. And uh, we'll be we'll be the champs there. But no, I like what you did with your strategy this year. And the TIG bucks, um, if people don't know, basically with the league and you can check it out, uh, you got to spend a thousand and each player is awarded specific points. So you got to build your team based off the points allowed for you to build your team. So I kept with all the players that were still playing for me. And when it came to the three players I added to my team, but I ended up with three excellent players anyways to add to my team. But yeah, in, in terms of defense, I went back with Shannon Doyle Turner and she was just Shannon Doyle last year. She's now officially Shannon Turner. She got married during the offseason, but she's a 29-year-old out of Sutton, Ontario. She also played in the PWHL and internationally before committing to Colgate University for a couple years and then eventually transferring to Boston University. She was part of the inaugural season of the NWHL and has been with the Connecticut Whale all seven seasons. She was named the alternate captain in 1718 and then named the captain in 1920. Again, and she got married this offseason, so... People are going to be looking for Captain Doyle. They have to look for Captain Turner. I think she also mentioned this would be her final season playing in the PHF and her last run in the Isabel Cup. Uh, I also went back to Sorority Tinker. I had her last year. Instead, she's not playing with Metropolitan this year. She's now transferred to her 
I guess, her home team of the Toronto Six. She's a 23-year-old out of Oshawa, Ontario. She played in the LLFHL, then the PWHL, before playing internationally and then committing to Yale University. And then again, she played her rookie season there with the Riveters. So I'm excited to see her perform there with Toronto. I also went back to Sarah Bustad, the 26-year-old out of Stillwater, Minnesota. Uh, you know, she's just a born and raised hockey player, committed to Minnesota State before signing with my Buffalo Buttes in 1920 and getting a few goals. And uh, then she joined her Whitecaps last season. And I think she did awesome. So I went right back to Sarah Bustad. The I guess the PHH rookie for me is going to be Emily Harley out of Buffalo. And but I mean rookie, she's actually rookie to this league as well. Uh, she's a 22-year-old out of Syracuse, New York. Again, she's the newbie to my defense this year. She was named captain of the 1617 Ontario Hockey Prep Academy before joining Robert Morris University for the next four years and then being named an alternate captain for her final season. Uh, and now she's picked up by the Buttes in the soft season. So I'm excited to see Emily Harley in a Buttes uniform this year. Uh, so, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good decor. Um, and obviously, I think that'll help her team out. And who knows, maybe 19th this year? <laughs> yeah. hey moving on up you know it might take me 20 years uh but it's taken buffalo 50 something years and they still don't have a stanley cup and uh but my buttes on the other hand you've raised the isabel cup so i'm pretty proud of my team and i'm hoping that maybe maybe i can do a little bit better than maybe 19 this year but we'll see who do you have on offense man so on offense like i said i went with so we get six forwards i kept my three main players i had last year that i thought really put me over the top and then I went with a mix of kind of players that did have been doing well you know younger players and players are just kind of maybe I'm hoping we'll make a jump into like that that top echelon of, of forwards and if that could happen that'd be wicked and, and I think that these players all have the potential to do that so obviously I had to go to Buffalo because you know it's a shadow to you and I went with uh, Aaron hey, Gahan she cost me you know 75 tick bucks which is still quite expensive and I actually had to drop some defense I had another defense on there, but I wanted to kind of – I wanted to be forward heavy, let's just say. And then as my fifth forward at a Metropolitan, I went with Nora McLean. Uh, that cost 65 tick bucks. Uh, looking at kind of her stats, I thought that was low for her. So obviously bargain bin. That I'm, I'm an Ottawa Senators fan. I went for the bargain bin, and uh, hopefully she has a great season and uh, is worth a heck of a lot more next year. And then as my fourth forward at a Metropolitan, I went with Romana Kaseka, and I apologize if I got that wrong. I had a case with the Chris's there. I couldn't couldn't get that <laughs> couldn't get that together. Thanks. Um, <laughs> that cost me seventy tick bucks, and again, same thing. Looking at her stats, thought maybe that was a little low for her. But hey, I've I'm just you told me to spend the the money, and I spent the money, and that's why I did. Now with my three, uh, you know, anyone who who's kind of listen to our, our podcast last year and we'll recognize these names and people who watched them in the bubble last year will definitely recognize these names and you know it's really if you've ever watched any you know it's for them so it's, it's minnesota toronto and boston these are going to be the three teams that are coming out of if you've watched those teams play before you're going to know these names so out of minnesota i went with ali thunstrom just watching some highlights she's disgusting so i mean i had like that was probably one of my first picks uh out of toronto um you know my quote-unquote local team even though it's a four-hour drive away i went with michaela grant mantis just because again she's just an absolute stud hockey player you um, and, and every then, other draft team <laughs> exactly right so i mean you, you can't you know i mean it's kind of like having you know mcdavid if it's there you're gonna take it and she's a great hockey player so you have to take her and then with my final forward i went with mckenna brand just because out of boston just because she's last year again same thing where she just really helped my team out last year so you know what he helped me out last year, staying here this year. I just hope she has just as great a season as she always does. 
No, that's going to be a that's going to be a really strong team, especially with Mikhail there. And I knew like uh, when I was drafting this year, I'm like, do I want to pick up Mikhail Grandmantis? Do I want to pick her up? Everyone's going to pick her up. And honestly, I think it was when I was looking at that, because that's the first literally one of the first names that popped in my head when I thought about the fantasy team this season. And I went, you know what? No, I'm going to stick with the players I went with last year. And that was actually that moment where I'm like, you know, I'm going to stick with the players I went with last year and then I'll see what I have left over. And I'm going to pick up players based off my needs. And uh, no, I think you're still going to have a really strong season. But I I think my team's going to be able to beat your team this year. We'll see. We'll start some friendly chirping over the podcast as, uh, as we start to see the points drop. I mean, we are definitely going to. So there's no maybe to that one. <laughs> All right. Well, let me tell you about my team here. So I did stay with four of my forwards, and I picked up two new forwards. My first forward, I went right back to John Curtis there out of Minnesota, the 27-year-old Elk River, Minnesota native. Again, another born and raised hockey player. And then she committed to the University of New Hampshire, and she was a uh, captain for the last season. And then she signed with the Whitecaps in the 1819 season, and she was named the assistant captain during the 1920 season. So – I'm excited to have Curtis back on my team. I went back to last year's first round pick, Sammy Davis out of Boston. She's the 24-year-old out of Pembroke, Massachusetts. She's a born and raised hockey player and also played with the New England Girls Hockey League or the NGHL before committing to Boston University. She served as the Boston University captain for three years before being selected first overall, as I mentioned, during the 2020 NWHL draft. And this will be her second season with the Pride. And again, I'm, I'm a Buffalo guy. But I love the Pride jersey. I went back to Rebecca Russo from Metropolitan. She's a 27-year-old out of New York City, New York. She's a born and raised hockey player yet again before committing to Boston University for four years and uh, joining the Riveters in the 16-17 season. She's now entering another season in the PHF. So I'm excited to have her back with the Pigeon Hockey podcast. I also went back to Cassidy McPherson out of Buffalo. She's a 24-year-old out of Oakville, Ontario. She's well played in the PWHL for a few seasons before committing to Providence College for four years and then joining my Buffalo Buttes during the 1920 season. And so this will be her, what, third year as a Butte, third or fourth year as a Butte. But I did pick up two new players this year. And the first one out of Toronto is Megan Berez. She's a 22-year-old out of North Vancouver, British Columbia. This rookie forward started with the West Coast Avalanche of the FM AAA before coming part of the JWHL with the North American Hockey Academy and then leading into her Boston College career for four years with the last year being as the captain of Boston College. I also picked up, out of Buffalo, Angelica Defendel. I might have slaughtered your name, but hey, welcome to the uh, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. That's what I do well. Uh, she's the 22-year-old out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This rookie forward started with the Pittsburgh Penguins Elite for a few years before heading off to college with Robert Morris University. And as I said, another rookie. So the three players I picked up this season are all rookies. That's kind of how I went with it. I wasn't going for anybody in the league that had already kind of been established. I kind of went back to the players I had on last year's team if they were still playing. And if they weren't, I didn't pick up a player that played last year. I wanted to pick up rookies. So naturally, I went with Tiffendel, Perez, and Harley as my rookies for this season. I I think you – I definitely think you have a good team. Uh, I'm not going to lie, but uh, uh, my team is called the Better PHH Podcast Team for a reason. Is that what you called it? Yeah, it is called the Better PHH Podcast Team. I just had to set the ground rules, and, you know, make sure everyone knew from the start, no plan around. Oh. Hey, this is war. There's no more feels now. Well, my team's going to beat out your team. In fact, my team's going to be uh, crowned champions this year, so just be prepared for it. I'm excited for my team. 
really uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch this whole season. Your chirps aren't very good. Let me just let me just lay that out there right now. You just you just chirp me back by saying, "Yeah, well, my team's better." So we already know who the winner is. It's all good. I have nice chirps, man. I'm I'm all about the nice chirps. You know, I'm just gonna be the polite person. You know, I'm not going to just. I, I guess I can't say I'm just gonna pull a uh, outliers broadcast moment and and just slam on an you know an 18 year old high school kid, but you know. Yes, you know, each their own, right? It's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely nothing. You know what? Yeah, I think I'm excited for this season. I'm excited for what the, the PHF is going to do. And anyone that doesn't know, the PHF is actually being covered all year on ESPN+. Plus. So if you don't have ESPN+, Plus, get it. You can watch all the live games on ESPN+. Plus. I would re-sign up for ESPN Plus this year, but I can't watch any of the games live anyways, so I can catch all the highlights after that. That's also why I haven't signed up for the NHL package this year. It's literally no point. You don't want to stay up till 4 a.m. to watch a game? No, no, no. Okay. I, I got I got the Champions Hockey League coming back here in a week or so. I've got the the Swedish Hockey League over here. I've got the Meta League out of Denmark. I'm all packed up, and then I got the KHL. Man, I can watch a KHL live here, so. I'm all stacked up with hockey. I'm I'm absolutely loving it. Plus, I watch my hockey TV like an addict. So if you're one of the Mountain Division USPHL teams or your Arm Prior Carlton Place or the Rum River Mallards or the Northeast Generals, I sit there and watch every single one of your games. And when we end this podcast, I'm going to go back to Saturday's games and I'm going to pick up the Northeast Generals game. I think they're playing Jamestown again. And I'm going to sit down and enjoy that game. Sounds like fun. Um, while you enjoy hockey, I'm going to... Go back and uh, work. I know. That's my thoughts. (laughs) Well, it's late here. So uh, that said, (laughs) we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. So be sure to follow us on PHH Official to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Christian Sebastian. Thanks for listening. And remember, always clear crease.